Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. It's so, so true. I'm the storyteller, dropping the realness from my experience. HLS in the building, me and boundaries, we ain't never been friends. Yeah, it's the logical genius. I don't think you're ready for this knowledge I'm about to drop. You are now listening to My Five Cents. My Five Cents. My Five Cents Podcast. And welcome, welcome to another episode of the My Five Cents Podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners that have been continuing to support us through the journey. Especially all of our new followers that have hit us up on the Instagram. Like the love has been absolutely crazy. Yeah, keep on following. Don't keep this a secret. Go ahead and share with the world that FFLLS. Go ahead, HLS, break it down to the people. Find, follow, listen, like, and share. That's it. That's all we ask of you. We just ask you to do those simple things and we can keep this journey moving. So I'm excited about this week. But first and foremost, let me ask you guys, like, how y'all feeling? How y'all feeling this week? Good, man. I'm good. I'm getting over my flu, my cold, energized. I'm ready to go. Yeah, not me. I feel like I got beat up. Perfect for the topic for tonight. <laughs> like I got beat up. <laughs> yes, perfect for the topic. And the topic is this week, we are building our own pay-per-view. We are building our own fight card. And mm-hmm. the people that we are using in the ring are going to be fictional action heroes. So mm-hmm. the person that we have as a guest this week, we're really excited about because he is talented driven and accomplished he's a sag award-winning stunt performer and actor recognized with the stunt ensemble for the critically acclaimed black panther movie he has a martial arts background he received his fourth degree black belt in karate in okinawa and holds a guinness world record as a participant in the largest gathering of karate practitioners to perform a kata at one time since then, he has had roles in film and television, including Fatal Attraction, American Nightmare, When a Man Loves a Woman, and the short film 30 with NFL veteran Karan Riley. Please welcome to the My Five Cents podcast, Jay Wells Jr. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Jay, what's hey, up? What's going on? Chilling, man. Glad to be here, man. Glad to have Thanks you. Thanks so much for joining us, man, for real. Super excited no tonight. Mm, I'm excited too, man. Talking about one of my favorite topics. So, Jay, you seem to be a person that's like truly gifted and got many different talents from your bio there. Like, what is going on in your world? What is your focus right now? Right now, my focus is I'm doing a lot of stunt work right now, working on different shows and movies and whatnot, working some of that stuff you come out. It'll be out soon. But the other thing I'm working on too is that I'm a public speaker. During the pandemic, I was trained by Les Brown. And so I took his course and learned how to better craft my story. And so I had this wonderful gift by way of Black Panther to be a part of that and be a SAG award winner. And so I used my story to help motivate people and help them get to what their passion is. Because I was an undersized Jabari tribesman. I have a joke that said, I say I was a little Jabari that could. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, but I, you know, I did it though. And so, but I've got this background in martial arts and karate. And that made the difference in me booking the film as a stunt performer. And so my passion made way for my purpose. So I had this passion in karate that made way for my purpose. And I'm working in film now. And because I worked on because I worked on Black Panther. That led to me working on 
different you know projects i've been able to be a leading man in picture that's led to me being a fight choreographer for different projects and whatnot and working the film as a stunt performer myself doing other projects and so my passion made way for my purpose and that's some of what i talk about and i talk about other things also because everybody has a story to tell and share and so that's just one of the things i share for my story to help motivate people amongst the other things i've done yeah, and so, you got a great story to share. So, yeah, follow up question to that. Mm -hmm. So, the pandemic happens, everything stops, right? Film yeah. stops, everything stops. Like, where was your mental in pivoting to this next step? Like, what inspired you to say, like, yes, you know, my story is something that I want to tell? I've spoken before, and Les Brown is one of my favorite motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. And I got a chance to meet him earlier that year right before literally just before everything had shut down he was speaking at a church and i had never seen him live before so i went to that church service that morning to you know see les brown and he was talking about he was looking for a few people to train you know and craft his stores excuse me nothing happened then but in the circle back around and interestingly enough during that time the pandemic i was working out training found out about chad with passing and everything and then I actually got injured so wow. I had to pivot I was laid up like you know recovery and the whole nine I had to pivot and so that's when it's like you know you got to pay attention to the signs like if you don't slow down something to slow you down that's, you know, that's, that's true learning how to craft your story like it's interesting I learned a lot just I learned how to craft my story, but just in that, I learned a lesson because a lot of times we can see stuff and look at it and understand and know it, but not understand it. We do a lot of stuff day to day and take it for granted that we're not proficient at. We're, we're sitting here right now having a conversation. We understand the English language. We've been talking all our lives, but that doesn't make us orators. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 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 It's pretty Thank powerful. You. In your bio, it says that you're a SAG award winning stunt performer and mm -hmm. it has the term stunt ensemble. What does that yeah. mean for the people out there? What is a stunt ensemble? What is that that you do? Ensemble is a collection of people that came together for the purpose of stunts for the film. So I was in the Jabari tribe in the first Black Panther film. Matter of fact, in the second one too. Mm -hmm. I was good. I was, um, he brought me back. So that was good. But for the first film, the stunt ensemble, we had 190 some odd people wow. stunts in that movie. And so I was fortunate enough to be part of that. And so for that year, we won the SAG award for best stunt ensemble in the motion picture from all the, you know, fighting and gags and stuff that we had in there. That's, That's awesome. Nice. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how does one become a stuntman or a stunt person? I don't know if we're, this is gender equality in, in today's <laughs> age, but like, I mean, do you have to get over a fear of heights? Are you good at taking a punch? Like, how does that work? How does someone get Wait, into how do, that yeah. line of work? How do you build your resume? Man, there's a lot of factors that goes into it. First off, all praise be to the most high. Mm. That's first mm -hmm. off. Amen. But I met a lot of talented people that are, I think the gender neutral term now is stunt performer. So okay. stunt man or stunt woman is still appropriate, but stunt performer is kind of like the umbrella term now. Okay. But I think it's helpful if you have a, a background in something else before you jump into it and you add to that skill set. So for example, myself, 
I come from a martial arts background where I practice karate, Okinawan Goju, Ryu. And it's an arduous style, which really made me adept to the field I'm doing now, being able to take reps and falls and different things like that. I met other people that were former gymnasts, basketball players, football players, MMA fighters, you know, you name it. All those people came from different walks of life and became stunt performers. And so you start off with like a basis, a base skill set, and then you add to it based off what you need. And so not everybody does everything, but you got people that specialize in driving, motorcycles, mm. water stuff. I'm not big on heights, but I have done <laughs> a high fall or two just training. I'm not proficient at it by any means, but that's one of the skills I need to work on. You got people that do fire burns and different things like that. You got a whole lot of people that do fighting or whatnot. And so you start off with a skill set and a basis and you build from there. My thing is like film fighting. I do fight choreography. I've done several projects where I was a fight coordinator for it. And then I've been learning, you know, stair falls, you know, weapons, different things like that to kind of build up my skill set. That's what a lot of people do. Okay. So you telling me like, you know, people could just get their ass beat for a living and then they could be a stuntman. Because, yo, we had a dude from back in the day when we used to be, you know, in the clubs like that. Yeah. Rico for right now. And Rico okay. would always end up in a fight. And Rico would always end up with his ass whooped like every time. It's like, oh, damn, there goes Rico again getting yeah. his ass whooped. So this whole time we could have been telling Rico, you should get into stunt. Y'all were training him for a career in stunts. Y'all didn't even know it. <laughs> I didn't even know it. I think that Bacardi was training him in a career for stunts. That's Bacardi, what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, but like on the real though, but like a lot of stunt work is, it looks dangerous and there is certainly an element of danger in there because you, you really can get messed up or even die. Right? So it's serious. There's been several stunt performers, shout out to them. There was a sister, she was doing stunts on one movie. It was a... This was her first major job. She was working for a feature film. I forget the film, but she was doing a motorcycle stunt. And they didn't mitigate all the risk. And then she hit something, slid, ran in some glass, and she lost her life. Wow. There's another, there's another female. She was doing stunts on Resident, the Resident Evil, Evil franchise. Mm -hmm. And she was du doubling Mila Jovovich. And again, another motorcycle stunt. And luckily she didn't pass away, but she lost her arm from her injuries. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it's very dangerous. There's some high level stuff that you really gotta know what you're doing. And you coordinate with the stunt coordinator and you go about making sure that you mitigate all the risk factors that could happen in doing the stunt, depending on what it is, so as safe as possible. And so there are bumps and bruises associated with it. Like, like for example, I was on Sisters Doubling, Chris Warren. And it was a fight, and he goes down some steps. So you don't have your lead going down your steps. You got your stunt performer. That was me. So I had to do a stair fall. I ended up doing seven takes of that. Wow. So, yeah, seven times. <laughs> and you can't really, you can't really fake falling down the stairs because you no, actually have to you fall can't. down the stairs, you right? Can't it's fake not... falling yeah. down. Yeah. So you gotta fall down the steps. <laughs> so some stuff you just gotta do like seven so times that's what it is oh my goodness you know what i'm saying but when it comes to like fighting you'll take some contact to the body when it comes to the face if you can go back and look at you know film fighting you'll see contact you'll see contact out here with the arms legs and body when it comes to the head they'll flip the angle yeah it'll be either over the person's shoulder that's throwing the punch or over the shoulder of the person that's receiving the punch and then you got reactions and stuff like that and so that's just a little film magic that yeah. if you notice that 
you know, it's all about the angles that'll play into the fight scene, the music and the sound effects that help, buy, help you buy into the action of what's happening. So a lot of times with fighting, you're pretty good for the most part, but some stuff you actually got to do, like car hit, you getting hit by the car, steps, you're going down the steps, high fall, you're going off the building. But a lot of that stuff, depending on the how far you're falling, they've done a lot to make stunts a lot safer now than it was, say, 30, 40 years ago. Because now yeah. a lot of high falls, people just don't free fall that much anymore. If they got the budget for it, the person's rigged up on a harness, mm -hmm. they can really control the person's descent. But they just, just now free fall. CGI the strings or the wires out of yeah. the shot. Okay. Exactly. So the person's going down, but it's a control fall versus just free fall. So Go staying ahead. away from heights and staying away from motorcycles. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're yo, yo, you, you got to know what your thing is and do that. So not everybody does high falls. Not everybody does water gags. Not everybody does motorcycle because it's a skill. And when you start incorporating these different elements, the danger goes up. You got to know what you're doing with precision driving, motorcycle. You got to whip it and everything. You got to make sure if people are running across the street, you don't run them over. You mm. got to think about collateral damage. If you got to whip it, that you don't hit this car over here. True. Now True. you got to get another car in because now you done dented it. Yeah. yeah. Now that's time and money. So it's really precise. You got to know what you got to do, what you're doing. You got to be comfortable with that. It's a dangerous and technical profession. It sounds like, you know, I mean, the danger, I mean, because like we joke around it, but about it, but I mean, if you get hit by a car, you're getting hit by a car, regardless of how it may look or how much you prepare mm -hmm. for it. It's still some sort of physical contact. Yeah. You're falling down the stairs or you're jumping off the building. It's still yeah. that physical aspect, even if the wires are involved, you know, that's still that sense yeah. of danger. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. So the question I have for you is this, is mm -hmm. so, so you're a fourth degree black belt in karate, right? Yes. HLS and I have had this debate in the past, I believe. Right. And I don't think he knows how real this guy is. Yeah, I mean, made the movies and TV shows and maybe made him look a little soft in the memes to people, but HLS swears he can beat up Chuck Norris, oh. right? Chuck Norris in his prime, right? <laughs> Chuck Norris, Jay, is a legitimate karate practitioner right he was he was in competition serious competition for like 10 years so to answer this question can hls beat up chuck norris in his prime how, how would jay know jay doesn't know my resume doesn't know my fight skills <laughs> well, okay give, give me, me a resume give me a resume i, I, I about to ask you that what, what I is studied your resume? Cobra Kai. thank you very much <laughs> under <laughs> sensei crease thank you very much the, Yo, the def so jam def jam vendetta video game doesn't come He's versed in the style of no mercy. <laughs> you know, Chuck Norris is a nice guy. Chuck Norris might be, you know, knock him down, be nice. You give him a hand to try to help him up. My <laughs> chief shot him in the face and get him. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Speak so, exactly. You know, so speaking of will step, he'll step over that line of courtesy. <laughs> you feel me, Jay? You feel me? So, so Jay, we're talking about action stars and, and, and actors. Who would you say is the most underrated action star? I, I would say Jackie Chan. Thank you. Jackie, Jackie Chan. He, he's a legend. He, he's, he's a, a legend. Le legend. Everybody knows him for that. But his, you know, at a very young age, him, Sammo Hung, Yun, not Yun, uh, Yun Biao, they all trained at the Chinese opera school, which is a very arduous school that, you know, they get them at a young age and they're there for like, what, five, 10 years training. It's a high it's failure rate. Core. Too, right? They beat them if they mess up. It's, 
you you damn near at the Shaolin Temple. And so you <laughs> train under that, you know? And Jackie Chan's skill level as a martial artist is unrelated because he mixes in a lot of comedy and, you know, kind of some slapstick in with his martial arts. But his skill level as a martial artist yeah. is underrated. He's technically sound. Like, he's legit. He's legit. Yeah. There was one movie where... I wanted, it might have been Drunken Master. Drunken Master. I was going to say Drunken Master. That, oh. The fight oh. scenes are bomb, but the one scene that stands out to me is when they're eating and they got the chopsticks. It's hard enough just to scoop the food out with chopsticks and eat it. They were flinging a piece of meat back and forth and catching it. Yeah. With some chopsticks. Like <laughs> he would, it would drop and he would catch it. And come back with chopsticks. Yeah. yeah. Pick up just a clump of sticky rice with some chopsticks. <laughs> and see how I fumble out that chopstick. It's not Mr. Miyagi catching a fly. <laughs> no, that's essentially what they was doing. And that that sticky rice ain't even moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't even moving. Yeah. And you, you know, you working just to get it. They catching it out of the air. So that's like an unrated scene, like a, in a martial arts movie. That just proved like his skill level to me, just how skilled he was. Yeah. I mean, is he's still here? But yeah, Jackie Chan is underrated. I'm telling you, Rush Hour Two, one of the best sequels ever made. There mm-hmm. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, with with that being said, going back to kind of the hard work of being a stunt man, you know, of course, stunt, stunt performer, stunt performer. Oh, thank you, thank you, stunt performer. But, but I am a man though, so it's technically. <laughs> there you go. You're not wrong, so so. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong, but you're not right. (laughs) It's the world we live in today. It's exactly the world we live in today. For sure, for sure. I hope my number one doesn't get me, but okay. Um, With that being said, you know, in the past year, we had that situation on the Rust set with Baldwin and, you know, that gun going off in the prop master. You know, we've had those circumstances, of course, with Brandon Lee. Like, so as a stuntman... What is the, or stunt performer, excuse me, what is your process when you're going into these scenes like where there might be gunfire? Do you want to like see the gun yourself and be like, hey, are there no bullets in here? Are we sure these are blanks? Like, is there any precautionary measures that you take when you're in that kind of scene? Yeah, I've operated as a gun wrangler before and I've been in a setting where there's been prop guns on set. And so usually what's supposed to happen, you have a safety call. So everybody's going to be involved in that scene. It's going to be on set, director, camera operator, grips, sound, stand-ins, performers. Everybody comes around so you can physically inspect the weapon to your liking. So the magazines out of it, a lot of times it'll be either a rubber weapon that's made to look like an actual weapon or it'll be an airsoft gun, something like that. And so you look at it, you slide the chamber back, make sure there's nothing in the chamber, make sure that the actual chamber itself is plugged up, that you'll expect the magazine to make sure there's nothing in it. And it's passed around for everybody so they can look at it and make sure that it's safe before you start filming, that nothing's going to go off. Nobody's going to get hurt because you can see if you have a weapon in the scene, it's going to be pointed at somebody, potentially. Or it might just be on a personal holster, or they might hold it and point it at somebody. Who knows what the scene may dictate, but you do a safety call to make sure that it's completely safe and that weapon doesn't leave the set. If it does leave the set and it has to come back on the set, we do another safety call to make sure that it hasn't left, it hasn't left the vicinity and nobody's tampered with it and brought it back. So all those kind of precautions 
precautions happen to make sure everybody's safe on set, that you don't have those kind of mishaps. But a live weapon on set, yo, you got the budget to have prop weapons. That, that don't make no sense to me. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, with your experience on different films and shows, does budget have something to do with it, right? Like, because, you know, you have multi-million dollar movies, productions that have massive hundred million dollar budgets, right? And then you have the low budget. I think Russ was kind of an independent film. I don't know what their budget was. And obviously they have to, I don't want to say cut corners. You're about the they, Alec Baldwin? Yeah, I, I don't know if that was, but like, would, would, does that play a factor in like, I'm assuming it does, right? Because you have to cut yeah. costs somewhere. Right. Yeah. And so there's plenty of places where you can rent prop weapons or airsoft weapons, something that's not going to hurt somebody. And sometimes you'll need a weapon that fires blanks. Mm -hmm. And so that's another degree of an element of danger you have to mitigate and think about with the type of round that's going to go in and the type of prop, the type of round that's going to be, be in there. So it's not your typical round. It's, it still has a primer and a charge but it's a plastic wad at the tip. So it fires, you get the discharge, but there's no projectile firing out of that. And so digressing a little bit, that's what happened with Brandon Lee. Mm -hmm. They had different types of chart char rounds in the magazine, in the uh, pistol. So they had one where it fired, but it lodged in the barrel. Then they put an actual blank firing round in and stuff with the wad being lodged in the barrel and the round going off, it still produced the effect of like a firearm. So when he got mm. hit, he got hit for real. I think when I, I remember seeing a documentary on that, and I think the ammunition, the guy that the prop master or whoever was in charge of that, I think he was mm. making his own blanks or something like yeah. that. And okay. he was emptying the powder. And mm. I guess they were guessing some of the powder was still left because I think they said that in one of the casting scenes, when the initial bullet was lodged into the gun, they heard a pop, but nothing mm. came out. Yeah, And then the blank was full of gunpowder or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that full round shot the rest of the bullet out when they actually fired, yeah. which was crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, wow. crazy. Yeah. That show was pretty much, you hear the stories. It was almost like it was cursed, mm -hmm. you know, the crow, yeah. God rest Brandon Lee. But with weapons and blanks and everything like that, you do all those kind of things to kind of mitigate the risk and make it safe for everybody, even you know, firing blanks and stuff, and, you know, don't fire nobody. And make sure you have enough distance depending on what kind of blank it is. So mm -hmm. you still produce that effect without uh, well, hurting anybody. And so, but back to your question about budget, budget does play a part. And so the lower the budget, typically the more dangerous it's going to be because sometimes people want to produce action, but they don't know how to do it, do it well and do it safely. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> starting out, I've been on productions like, all right, we need weapons and everything. All right, I got guns. And then you get there. <laughs> I got some, I got something in my trunk in my glove compartment. Let's go. <laughs> my man, my man bring out his John Wick. He got the 38 special, nines. <laughs> like I'm looking at hold no, like no prop <laughs> weapons. That's it's unloaded. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. No. Oh no. safety yeah. first. Safety first. Safety first. And so typically the lower the budget, the more dangerous it is because people. They, oh, it's just, they don't understand that it's a prop quarters, on the yeah. screen, that it's not an actual weapon unloaded, it's a prop. Thank you for mm -hmm. passing on that knowledge to us. We hope that you remain knowledgeable in this next segment of our show. <laughs> where we are building you a pay-per-view. We're building up a five 
fight fight card for you okay. to have to judge on. And logical genius, please explain to Jay what's going to happen in the next segment. All right, Jay, here's how we're going to do it. So, so Juve, HLS, and myself are each going to present to you our top five fight cards based on action movie characters or heroes. Okay. We don't know each other's list. All right. We're going to present to you one at a time. So you get to decide, being the judge, gets to decide who goes first. And right. after we present our list, we'll have a little cross-examination segment where we get to poke holes at each other's list. So basically the barbershop debate, who has a better debate. And then you get to ask questions yourself. Okay. And then from there, you have to tell us who wins this debate, who has the best fight card list. So we want to know Who's who finishes in third place. And we want to know who finishes in first place. We do not care about second place. Okay, first and third. First, first and third. third. Second is just the first loser. Yeah, second is just the okay. first loser. And third is the designated loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the official okay. loser, yep. Officially. All right, bet. I'm a, we got a logical genius first. Okay. Oh. HLS gonna come with the Shemakri. Before we start, Jay, before we start, there's judging criteria that you need okay. to know. All right, bet. I need to write this down. I got my notes. No, no, I think you're good. I think you're good okay. because there is no criteria. None. You might like the fact that I was an extra, extra, extra in Black Panther. And that's why you might choose me. Game over. So I, that's why you might like my list. Say less. Okay, fake news first and foremost. Okay, fake, news. <laughs> fake news. You may like the fact that the fight card has the best backstory. You may Game like over. the fact that so a list has the best matchup because styles make fights. The logical genius is very logical. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It is completely up to you. Whatever hey. you say, that's what goes. Hey. So I think I heard you, and you would like to hear from Logical Geniuses list first? Jay, thank you again for being on the show. You chose right by choosing me to go first. <laughs> Honored to have you as a guest. So with your background, I think that your martial arts background, I think you, you would appreciate my list very, very, very much. Mm. And as I mentioned, I, I, the way I approached this was pairing up the best matches. Like, you want to see a good fight. You don't want to see an overmatched fight, right? A one-sided fight isn't fun to watch. You're not paying money for a one-sided fight in the pay-per-view mm. special. You want to see, you know, close fight, round for round, final round, full thing, and then potentially a knockout or something like that at the end, mm -hmm. right? So at number five, this is very, like, you got to think about this because it'll get you. Number five, I have Blade, played by Wesley Snipes, which is a great casting for that character, versus Batman from the Dark Knight trilogy. Think about that for a second. Just think about that for a second. You got a daywalker, vampire hunter, going after the Dark Knight dressed as a bat. Blade would look at him and be like, wait a minute, like, you're not really, so, so you're, you're not a vampire, right? You're not a vampire, but you're, you're running around dressed like a bat. But what's underrated is Batman, the character Batman, was trained by the League of Shadows, right? And there are nin ninjutsu-based, you know, assassination group. And Blade, you know, played by Wesley Swipe. Wesley Swipe took his martial arts background, who he's, I think he's a fifth degree black belt or something like that and he does so as well i think second degree black belt or something like that so he took his style 
And that would be a great match to see. And it just, again, the mind-blowing part of it is that you got Vampire Hunter, vampire hunter f- fighting a man in a bat suit. Like, it's just, yeah. just like, you have to see that. Like, come on, I have to pay for this. I know, I mean, I know cross-examination ain't here yet, but which Batman we talking about? We talking about Michael Keaton? We talking about- No, 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 the Dark Knight trilogy. We're talking about- Dark Knight, okay. Because in that one, he got the full training. Like, you know, the Batman Begins, he got the full training. They show him going through the League of Shadows and getting the assassin training, right? So not not Michael Keaton and not Ben Affleck and not anyone else. Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yes. Yeah. So at number four, this, this is- Number four, I have- a good matchup of martial arts. Like if you're a fan of martial art movies growing up and styles, I think you would appreciate this matchup. At number four, I have The Bride, played by Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. Because, I mean, that is a legit martial arts movie. And they did a great job with it. I mean, she did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in that. She did Krav Maga, Kung Fu, Kenjutsu. I think a little bit of Eskrima, which is like a Filipino sword fighting technique. With the sticks. With the sticks, yep. And who I would match him up with is, it's also Drew, and HLS may not know this name, but I would match him up or match her up with Ipman, right? Ipman is Bruce Lee's master. He taught Bruce Lee. But Ipman over the last years, and the Ipman that I'm talking about is the one played by Donnie Yen, who we love as a martial artist and, and an actor. Fantastic. He's great. And he's actually in the upcoming John Wick movie. Okay. But Ipman, technical fighting. I would love to see it because Ipman, like in, in the series, I think there's four movies with him. And he's fought like every, he's fought, he's fought karate practitioners. He fought other Kung Fu artists, other Wing Chun yeah. practitioners. I think he fought a wrestler or a boxer from the States. Yeah. So he fought different styles. And with the bride having different styles, I feel like that would be a great matchup to see, right? And, and, and you got to throw, a, you know, a woman in there because, you know, Uma Thurman did a great job in that role and the choreograph mm-hmm. fighting scenes was great in that. At number three, I have this, this number three had me hard because I, I end up swapping last minute because I really want to see it. And maybe I'll mention it later on. So at number three, I got John Wick Ooh. versus Jason Bourne. And I, I think that matchup because with, with the guns, how good they are with the guns and with Jason Barr, like up close fighting, the technical skills, Jason Barr is just ruth, ruthless, relentless, no mercy. John Wick is the same way. I think, I think Jason Bourne edges out on this, but you know, you know, I, I think Jason Bourne's a better close combat fighter than John Wick, at least in the movies. But I think that would be a, a great matchup. At number two, I, I really want to see this. Because one of my favorite fighting scenes is from the movie Troy. Okay. And when Achilles fights Hector, when he calls him out, I don't remember that scene, Jay. He's like, Hector, Hector. And he comes out and he's fighting him with the shield and spear. And mm-hmm. he was just a master with it, right? Just a master. Brad Pitt did a great job with that. The choreography was great with that. I would pair him up against T'Challa from Black Panther because. There is a scene in Black Panther, the first Black Panther movie, where T'Challa fights Killmonger. Mm-hmm. That fighting scene was great. Okay. Hey, Michael B. Jordan, Chadwick Boseman, rest in, you know, rest in peace, did a great job with that scene. The way they were crafted, the way, the way T'Challa's character was crafty with the sword and the spear and the swinging around, spinning it around, and his movements were so fluid. And it reminded me, when I saw it, it reminded me of the Achilles fight 
versus Hector because Brad mm-hmm. Pitt, Brad Pitt, Pitt was really smooth in that as well, and I think that would be a great matchup to see with the weapons. To T'Challa depowered or Black Panther with the heart. T'Challa. That's why I said T'Challa, not Black Panther. Yeah, T'Challa depowered because I mean, I mean, Black Panther would whip Achilles like like nothing because he got. He got but powers. Achilles is essentially immortal. Yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, if, but in 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 just yeah. remember this when you're judging. Movie, just remember this but, when you're judging. But we're talking about okay. good fight scenes. I think it'll be a great fight scene. So at number one, this is I think this is this is gonna be beyond HLS and beyond substitute. At number one, I have Robert McCall from Equalizer versus Tobin Frost from Safe House versus Eli from the Book of Eli versus John Creasy from Man on Fire. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I got Denzel versus Denzel versus Denzel versus Denzel. Oh, man. Because in those movies, he was ruthless. Ruthless. No mercy. The Book of Eli, the two scenes where he's fighting with his machete, the first one under the bridge in the darkness, in the shadows, chopping off heads, the second one in the bar, and then you find out he's blind afterwards? Yeah, I mean, the skill that he would have to do that. And then Robert McCall equalizer. I mean, come on. He, he clicked on his clock, timing it. He knows when it's going to go down, how it's going to go down, and exactly how much time it's going to take him to take out four or five people at the same time. Tobin Frost, again, quick. There's a scene where he's getting chased, or well, a few scenes, but scene where he's going in to the bathroom, he just takes up the bad guy, chasing him in like four or five moves. And then you got John Creasy. I mean, John Creasy just is crazy, right? But all played by Denzel. And to watch that Royal Rumble no holds barred match would be the main event of, of the evening. So, Jay, that is my list. Top five, my five cents on the character fight cards. All right, I'm, I'm trying to keep this straight. Book of Eli, Man of Fire, Safe House. What was the other Denzel? Tobin Frost from Safe House and John Creasy from Man on Fire. And then Equalizer, Robert McCoy. Equalizer, okay. It, it's it's so confusing. Don't bother writing nope. it down. No, nope. his list is trash. No, nope. his list is trash. <laughs> I nope. had to. What? You, you'll hear trash when you hear HLS's list. <laughs> Yo, so do I get to vote who's going to win each fight? We could talk about that afterwards. We could talk want. about that. Yeah, we could talk about that after. Okay, I'm with it. Who do you want to hear from next? Let's go. So so Jews in the building. So I'm happy that you're still with us after that list. And I know that Logical Genius starts us off with the it's styles that makes fight and we want to make sure that's even matched. Sometimes <laughs> it ain't like that. Sometimes you want to see somebody get their ass whooped. And that's why my number five comes in this way. It is Ogami from Shogun Assassin versus Nathan from The Last Samurai, who's played by Tom Cruise. Because how dare The Last Samurai be played by Tom Cruise? So we need Ogami from Shogun Assassin. It's an older movie where he just Mm -hmm. seeks vengeance on the world and he is cutting everybody off limb by limb. And we definitely want to see him take out The Last Samurai, the White Tiger, Nathan Algren, whatever they called him, Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Hollywood whitewashing at its finest. At its finest. Number four. I also have Blade. I also have Wesley Wesley Snipes. Mm -hmm. But Blade is actually going to be going against Spawn, played by Michael J. White. First of all, their backgrounds just 
martial arts wise i mean i think would just mm -hmm. make a great contest never mind the supernatural effect that goes on Please. with it as well so yes blade is in there but you got to put him with the right person which is definitely spawn and michael j white okay number three so in this circumstance what happens is our main character here adonis creed gets in a delorean and goes back in time to save his father and who does he fight against drago the original drago not the son fuck it let's go ahead and fight the guy who's about to kill my dad in rocky four oh. so we got michael b jordan versus dolph lundgren adonis creed saves his pops against ivan drago we want to see that mm. number two it involves dragons you got lee bruce lee enter the dragon versus lee played by jet lee in kiss of the dragon once again mm. we're talking about Two masters at their prime. You have Jet Li. You have Bruce Lee. The sequence mm -hmm. and the action between those two mm -hmm. will be top notch. Now, Jay, my pay-per-view is for entertainment value. Forget okay. everything else. We, when you pay for a pay-per-view, you want to be entertained. So my number one is Wonder Woman, played by Gail Gaddett, versus Xena, Played by Lucy Lawless. And I am your special guest referee. Okay? <laughs> I am there for it. All right? I am in the middle of the action. I am there to see that. I am there for all the smoke between those two ladies. Highly entertained. And yes. that's my five cents. That's my card right there. That's where you're going to be putting your money at, Jay. Yo. All right, man. These lists are getting better and better. That's all I needed to hear. Getting better and better. Now, unfortunately, you're going to be slightly underwhelmed with your next person that's going to go with his list. So, HLS, go ahead. Step to the mic. Let's. Don't think HLS is going to disappoint, man. So, <laughs> so, I see what these other two guys did, Jay. And their lists have some interesting matchups, right? Mm -hmm. But what are you thinking about fight night? You're hanging out with your friends. Maybe I might have a girl or two hanging out. Maybe your pops is there. Maybe your uncle is there. You know, people just hanging out, having a beer, eating wings, watching this fight card. So you kind of have to have something for everybody. Old, okay. young, men, women. That's what I did. Number five, I want to see Martin Riggs versus John McClane. Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Both, both a little crazy, both a little off. I like it. Both didn't really have any special karate skills. Or whatever. They just used what they had, and they're both little rockers. Number four, I, too, had Robert McCall. But I matched him up against someone in his age group because I want to see a good fight. Mm -hmm. I matched him up against Brian Mills. Denzel Washington in the Equalizer versus Liam Neeson in Taken. Ooh. Both around the same age group. Both have equal fighting skills. I want to see it. Logical okay. Genius had a woman going up against a man. So So Drew had a fantasy thing and his Vaseline is in the back because he wants to referee. I have to my two female matchups. You ready for this? No. Alice versus Sarah Connor. Mila Jojovich in Resident Evil versus Lyndall Hamilton in Terminator 2. Hmm. 
Number two, to very skilled fighters, very skilled drivers, Mm -hmm. very skilled with guns, John Wick versus Frank Martin. Keanu Reeves and John Wick, Jason Statham in Transported 2. Okay. Right? You want to see a good fight. You want to see an even matchup. And number one, one of the all-time great action heroes, John Rambo versus Dutch. Arnold mm. Schwarzenegger in The Predator versus John Rambo in First Blood. Both of them were out in the environment, out in the elements. You had Dutch covering himself in mud. You had John Rambo traversing through caves and, and fighting rats. Yo. Both of them were out in the elements. And that's my five cents on the best matchups on my fight card. So, Jay, what's about to happen here? We're going to get into a segment that we call cross-examination. Okay. This is an opportunity for you to ask questions of us and for us to ask questions of each other for a little clarity on the list because we might be a little bit cloudy as to where some of us might have been going with our list. So, with cross-examination, you know what? What was your number three, HLS? I'll start this off. What was your number three? Alice from Resident Evil versus... Sarah Connor and Terminator 2. Sarah Connor Terminator 2, the one that was locked up in the mental health facility? No, the one that got out of the mental health facility. And how did she get out? I think she stabbed yeah, them. She, broke out. In she, the had a, she had a needle stab them that broke out. Yeah, so it's a no contest. That's like a that's a weak matchup right there. If anything, you maybe might have used the Uma Thurman versus in Kill Bill versus the Resident Evil. Not Sarah Connor. That that right there. Nobody. That's no CTV what are you right talking there. Talking about that is no. Sarah CTV. Connor is like a gunsmith. Hand to hand combat. She, you get punched you by Sarah Connor, you're knocked out. Flat out. <laughs> all all eighty five pounds of her. That's a fact. I'm, is that a you? Fact? So so juve. You take a punch by Sarah Connor. Let's see. <laughs> I, don't forget. I've seen you fight. I've yep. seen you fight. H- HLS. If you are beating Chuck Norris's ass. I am taking a punch from Sarah Connor. That's all I got to say. <laughs> we already established that Chuck Norris is whipping his ass. So that's not happening. <laughs> HLS, what you got for cross-examination? So let's go to your list, Logical Genius. Mm-hmm. How are you going to have a Royal Rumble at number one? Who doesn't like Royal clone? Rumbles? You're Who doesn't like Royal Rumbles? You're going to clone Denzel four times? No, no. What are you talking what? about? What are you it's talking gonna about? Ben- it's going to be Denzel by himself in the ring. No, it's not. Like, it's the character. I, I wish I had more fun. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be Denzel. We're, the see, by see this is, people CJ, be like, what the hell is going on in that ring? CJ, this is where my colleagues are a little lost when it comes to the assignment, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the fictional characters that they portray, not the yeah. actors themselves. There are no four Denzels in the world, of course. That's a fact. But if you're talking but about Apollo, you you're talking that's about Adonis, but you're talking about Adonis going in the time machine to go fight Apollo. Why is that? Why is that feasible? But yeah, four Denzels, or not even the characters can't fight each other. What? This I'll is a fantasy it. matchup. It's a fantasy <laughs> matchup. And and Royal Rumbles, come on, like grown up as a wrestling fan. Shout out to Magnus because he knows when you're a wrestling fan, Royal Rumbles are the sh- 
right? That's the mm-hmm. shit that you watch from wrestling, right? I remember the Undertaker's <laughs> Royal Rumble. He threw out like 100 people in a row or something like that. So Royal yeah. Rumble with Tobin Frost, John Creasy, Robert McCall, and Eli from the Book of Eli. I mean, come on now. That's something to behold, something to that's be, fun to be seen. That's, that's, and they're all equally skilled, like the same type of characters, like, you know, and going to, to your list, if I can cross the examine at this point. That's why it seems skilled. <laughs> hey, but you know what? It, it, and that's why it's a good matchup because you want to see a good fight. You want to see Thriller in Manila, right? You want to see- like a uh, like a Call of Duty free-for-all. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, 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 you yeah, know, banging his head like, dang, Eli, what? Is going on? <laughs> so, so I'm going to go at your list because here I get what you're saying. You want to see somebody just get the ass. Number five, I can agree with you on that. Last Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last I, 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 I mean, ass, last but Samurai. your main event is it's weak. And here's why it's weak. The same question that Jay asked me about which T'Challa, powered up T'Challa or, or human T'Challa, regular T'Challa. You got Wonder Woman, who is a half god versus xena who is just a regular person that fight is going to be like that wonder like woman is going to take it's going to be like xena like has that yell that's all she has right that she has that yell and mm-hmm. then she has that little boomerang thing that she throws but she's fighting a goddess like she's gonna wonder woman's gonna look at her like are you serious like, snap her fingers gone it's not gonna be a match what kind of main event is that powers. gonna be huh xena, xena doesn't have any power nope Nope, she can ride a horse. <laughs> didn't he do like a crossover with her and Hercules at one point? Yeah, Hercules had the power. <laughs> Definitely. Hercules had the power and he was smashing it. But then she had, she had to have some no, power too, right? No, she, she was an, a warrior princess, an Amazonian warrior princess. Zero powers. Mm. Human. Completely mortal. So, so Jay, What kind of matchup is that? That's going to just be like pay-per-view. You're spending $100 on pay-per-view uh, and the main event's going to last four seconds. Hey, Jay, you kind of even made my point for me. So not even gonna last. We're talking about Xena on horseback. So you already know what's happening when someone's on horseback, right? Comes into the ring. Now we're talking about lassos. So now people are getting tied up in this matchup. Like you gotta think, like what is actually going to happen in this matchup? Never mind, you have Xena's sidekick who's probably gonna hop in the ring and try to do something, mm. or the woman is still mm. gonna lap her off. And, and she's and gonna costume, knock him out. And their costume is phenomenal. Mm. What man mm. is not going to pay to see that? And that's matchup? that's Who gonna be the best part on, of the fight. That's gonna be on Xena. Who did not have all 30 seconds of it? Yeah, all 30. <laughs> the best part of the fight, the best part of the fight is gonna be Xena riding on a horseback and Wonder Woman flying down, chopping a head off. Game over. Oh, hey. That's not a match. That's we're talking about pay-per-view events that you want to see. You want to see an and intro, that, and that's your number one. That's your... you don't pay to see an intro to a movie and then walk out the theater. Like what? Like okay. Come so on. Let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this: Have y'all ever watched a Mike Tyson main event? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All thirty seconds of it. All thirty seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. You but this wouldn't even be thirty seconds. Seconds. Thank you wouldn't even see. You wouldn't even see the head chop off. Case. I rest my case. Mm, All 30 nope. seconds weak, of it. Weak. Iron weak, Mike. Weak. Sustained. That's Thank a valid point. Sustained. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. All 30 seconds. HLS, your week, your list is just trash. I don't, I don't know. The Sarah, sure, I agree. Hey. I agree with, with Social Jew on that Sarah Connor versus Alice. I think that's the wrong matchup. I don't know about that one. And then Rambo versus Dutch. I had a Rambo matchup that I'll say later on, but I don't think Dutch. That's their main event. I, Rambo I like, but Dutch, I don't know about that one. Get in the chopper! 
both of them both of them spawned, spawned legacy movies <laughs> rambo five and predator just fought an indian a native american <laughs> how much money did those how much did those gross do you have that <laughs> not a lot <laughs> so we want to know who is in third place whose pay-per-view are you not purchasing i hate to do this man because I've become fond of you fellas, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hate to do this, man, but the logical genius. Oh. Oh. I get your pay-per-view, man. Ooh, I really thought I had some nice matchups for you. Okay, okay, okay. Too many train wrecks, man. Like, yeah, the the Blade, (laughs) Batman, you know. You started off on the bad foot. Blade versus Batman. I don't know, man. You're not giving Batman enough credit, but okay. Man. Okay, I respect I respect. You broke it down. You broke it down, so yeah. I can respect that. You broke down the it's logic, so I can't here, argue against the logic. I never argue against logic. So. Yeah. And so first place. First place. No hey, number we two. Don't care. We don't care about second place at all. We want to yes. know whose pay-per-view you're buying. We want to know what pay-per-view entertains you the most. <laughs> F yo couch. F yo couch. F yo couch. So I'm going HLS number one. What? Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uppercut to both logical genius <laughs> and so so true. Mm. J Wells. Five you fingers the to the face. <laughs> well, are there any dream matchups that you have off the top of your head that you would like to put out there? Ooh. I got a few. So I want to see Red Lion versus Black Panther. I think that'd be an interesting matchup. Okay. Interesting. Who's that for? Okay. Who's number four? Mm-hmm. Number four, I want to see John Wick versus James Bond. And you can pick the Bond, any of them. Well, no, no. No. It has to be Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah, it has to be Craig. Craig. Yeah. He get down. Because all the other ones, he's going he's gonna to lose. They're going to lose. not even a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel Craig, just to make it fair. Yeah. You and got a number three. Number three. Dirty Harry versus my man Mark Wahlberg played him. That, that, what Max Payne? Not Max Payne. Max Payne, yes. Yeah. Oh Dirty Harry okay. versus Max Payne. Okay. That's I, interesting. I can see it. I can see it. That's can interesting. See it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dirty Harry versus Max Payne. I want to see we going to Attack on Titan versus Naruto. Really? Yes. I want to see Aaron Yeager versus oh not versus Naruto, like full Karama mode Naruto. We're talking about either either Karama or Sasuke and uh, with uh, Susano with the Susano. Mm. Yeah, because mm. all all Attack on Titan is is adult Naruto. If true. you think about it, this is with true. The, the, the Titan shifters, you got your your tail beasts and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Storylines, kind of militaristic and everything. But then, if that's your number two, what's your number one? We got to get the rematch of Goku versus Superman. Oh. I'm on a round three. <laughs> You know where I thought you were going to go? I thought you were going to go Goku versus Saitama. Oh, that's the that's that's honorable a mention. One. And that was on my list, and I cut it out because I didn't know. I wasn't sure, but I'm like, hmm. But that's a good matchup that's, right there. That's a good matchup because I don't know if you watched Death Battle or not. Like, Superman has fought Goku two mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Goku lost both of them. Their reasoning is trash, but now Goku has Ultra Instinct, mm-hmm. which is the ultimate technique. Mm-hmm. Nothing beats Ultra Instinct. And so I want him to fight Superman again and just mop the floor with him. 
I'm gonna send you a link for the Goku. Someone did a Goku versus Saitama matchup. It's nice. Send it's that nice. to me. I'll send it to you. Saitama, that's an interesting matchup, but I feel like I don't know if you can match Saitama up against anybody because he's written not to lose. Yeah, he's OP. He's like <laughs> he's OP. Yeah, for the listeners who don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the character from One, one punch, punch Man. Man. And his skill is literally he does one punch and beats everyone. It's like no matter who he goes up against, one punches them and they're done. So he's he completely takes no OP. No damage at all. Completely OP. You know, I'd be remiss not to ask Black Panther. You were part of the Black Panther 1 and Black Panther 2, which came out not too long ago. Can you describe that experience for us? Like being on set and being part of that at part one versus part two, with of course Chadwick Boseman being kind of the missing link there. What was those two experiences like? They are special to me for two different reasons, right? So starting with the first one, Black Panther 1. Black Panther 1 was special to me because what was going on with me in my life, I was a starving artist at that point. And when I got the call to audition for it, I was, <laughs> I was down and out. I was delivering pizza. My rent, I, had, I thought I paid my rent, but my rent was short by 37 cents. Oh. And so... I got hit with overdraft fees, late wow. fees, and all really? that stuff. And I was delivering pizzas. So all the money I was working and grinding for and saving went just to pay my rent for that month. And I was grinding. I had That's a grind, I made, like, for real. I got a check for like $157, right? It, like, it was like a $50 return check fee, $100 oh, late boy. fee. And then it just taxed on. Yeah. And so I had like $2 left in that check. The funny thing is, the most high gave me more than what I needed to cover what was coming because I had $2 left over. I could get me a struggle combo. That was happening, and then I had to fit with two weeks to get all the money I needed for the next month's rent. Didn't know what I was going to do. I had a fro before then. I pulled all my hair out because I was stressing. It's yeah. real. <laughs> real. No, it's real. Nah, but I got the call at the audition, and I went and auditioned a couple of days later, and I booked it. And it was special because, like, well, you can't see my frame, but I'm tall and I'm lean. Like, I'm not Jabari size at all. Like, those mm -hmm. brothers are like big linebacker brothers. I'm like yeah. six footish, 170 at that time. And I had just fastest. So I was extra lean in. But I booked and became part of the Jabari tribe. And then that was the first time everything I was doing made sense. Wow. In terms of, like, film, because I came to Atlanta to act. And in terms of, like, my martial arts. You know, all those things came together, converged on Black Panther. And I felt like I found my tribe. I'm on set with other, you know, talented Black male and female stunt performers that were into the same things I was into in terms of martial arts. It just made sense. And that was my first introduction into stunts. And that movie was so special. When Black Panther hit, it was the cinematic equivalent of Barack Obama being elected president. Right. Okay. I can right. see that. That's a right. good comparison. Yeah. yeah. I can yeah. see that. It, it was just special. And just to be a part of that, that special moment in cinematic history. And at that time, before the Infinity War and Endgame came out, it was Marvel's highest grossing film to date. It yeah. grossed $1.3 billion. Yeah. You know, and it just to be part of that was special and what it meant and in the book that it meant that. I could pay my rent <laughs> and continue to live yeah. going forward. And it put me into a whole nother industry that I'm appreciative for and I'm working in. And That's then the great. second film, it was a lot because Chadwick wasn't there. They had the course correct. And to be able to come back and work on that, that was special. And then that was special too, that 
you know, my friends that I broke first into the stunt industry. And my other friends, they kind of followed suit and they started doing stunts as well. And they eclipsed me in certain ways. They, you know, able to work more and everything. You know, prior to, you know, the film started shooting and everything, we were in the gym in the dojo working out, training, working on quite choreography and this, that, and the third, just a year prior. And then that following year, roughly the same time frame, we were all on set working together. Crazy. And so it was just, that's the moment I cherished that yeah. you know, with my peeps, we was in the gym working it's out real. for free. And now we're on set all together at the same time working that's on dope. the film together. That's dope. And so Wakanda Forever was special to me for that fact. So if people want to follow you or see you in the Jabari tribe, how would they get in contact with you? You can reach me out through that there. My Instagram is there goes J. TikTok is there goes J1 or JW, something like that. Twitter, there goes JW. It's all pretty much there goes J, but you'll find all that on my website and be able to link with me. JWellsJr.com. Yeah, right. That's J W E L L S J R dot com. So check him out. Man, I just want to say thank you again for being a guest on the show. Although your decision making is quite questionable, I'd still appreciate <laughs> you being on. I'm gonna go ahead and say good night to the people. And you know what, people, we'll get them next time. We'll get them next time. Logical genius. Go ahead, say good night to the people. Ah, uh, Jay, no one makes me bleed my own blood. But you did. <laughs> Good night, people. <laughs> Good night. And HLS and champion for this week. I told you, I announced it. I'm the people's champ. I'm the people's champ. Put some respect on my name. Damn it. Champ is here. Champ is champ here. Champ is here. Thank you so much, Jay Wells. <laughs> Say goodnight to the people. Yo, my five cents podcast. Yo, I've enjoyed this. Thanks for having me on, man. This has been a treat. I had fun while I'm with y'all. And uh, just let people know again, reach out to me on my website, my socials and everything. I'm available to speak also. I was trained by Les Brown as a public speaker. And so I use my story from Black Panther to inspire people. So my title is Passion, Making Way for Purpose, because if I didn't have that skill set as a martial artist, I don't believe I would have booked being a Jabari tribesman in the first film which led the second film because I'm not the right size, but I had the right skill set. And so I do public speaking also. I was trained by Les Brown. So I want to let people know about that. So if you need a speaker to come out to your event and rally the troops, motivate the crowd, speak to your students or whatever, I'll let you boy. <laughs> Hit them up, people. Hit them up. All right. All right. And we out.